It's time for mystery. Mystery Radio. Lifefly Health Soap presents Big Town. about Nightmare House. Tonight's Big Town Rocket Expose brought to you by Life Boy Health Soap, used in the homes of 14 million Americans. Pick for it. Life Boy Health Soap presents Big Town, the headline stories of a great city dramatically reported by C. Wilson, fighting editor whose creed is emblazoned on the masthead of the Illustrated Press. The power and the freedom of the press is a flaming sword, that it may be a faithful servant of all the people, use it justly, hold it high, guard it well. Now, Steve Wilson's headline story of Nightmare House. This is not the story of an ancient mansion peopled by ghosts of the past. This is the story of Bill Barton, his wife Helen, and their new house in the suburbs of Big Town. Oh, darn it. Oh, Bill. Huh? Oh, never mind, darling. Even the wash the dishes are not that helpless. Oh, maybe not, honey, but you've got a lot of things to do. Yes, but I have all evening, and you'll be late for work if you don't hurry. Oh, I'm almost done with what's left of these dishes. I would be, except the darn water's almost cold. Oh, it's the heater, Bill. It's no good. Yeah, like the whole plumbing system, the foundation, roof, and floors. We've been had, Helen. Yes, and so has everyone else on Honeymoon Hill. Honeymoon Hill. What a name. Nightmare Hill would be better. Oh, but it could be a lovely house, Bill. He could only make Kane live up to his contract. <laughs> Fat chance of that. Have you talked to him? Yes, till I'm blue in the face. And so have the other owners. All we get is excuses, promises. And we're all through talking. Well, what are you going to do? We're getting together. We're going to refuse to make any more payments until Kane finishes these houses according to contract. Copper pipe, waterproof cellars, put-in standard appliances. And supply doors. Helen, do you realize that except for the storage room in the cellar, there isn't one inside door to any room in this or any other house on Honeymoon oh, Hill? please, Bill, don't work yourself up. Oh. Bill. I know it's bad, but at least we have a roof over our heads. Yeah, that leaks Honeymoon Hill. Well, Kane is going to find out the honeymoon is over. Come into the back door, Bill. You stay put on that stool. I'll see you there. All right. But you worry too much. The baby isn't due for a month, and I feel fine. <laughs> you stay there and keep on feeling fine. Hello, Barton. Oh, good evening. I'm Parker, Kane's new agent. Parker? Yeah. Uh, mind if I come in? Want to talk to you? Evening, Mrs. Barton. Good evening. New agent for Kane, huh? Well, I hope you'll do more about our complaints than the last one. That's what I'm here to talk to you about. We're all through talking to Kane. So I hear. I understand you've got the folks up here on the hill together. That's right. And you're talking about not meeting your next payments on these houses. If you want to call them houses. And it's more than just talk. Now, look, Barton, this is serious business. You're telling me. You can lose this place and every cent you've sunk into it. Not if we stick together and fight for our rights. That's the point. Most of the folks up here won't stick with you. Just a few sawheads. That's what you think. Look, Barton, you're the leader of this movement. You started this, you can stop it. I'll stop it when Kane lives up to his contract with us. Now, uh, look. Suppose we take care of you. Me? How? Fix up your place. Look, Parker, are you trying to buy me off? No. We'll just take care of your place first. Oh, and the rest of the folks around here can wait until the cows come home, is that it? What do you care as long as you get what you want? Get out of here. You're a dirtier rep than the last one Kane sent up here. Now get out before I throw yeah, you out. Bill, don't, don't lose your hand. Keep out of this, Helen. I'll settle with this rat. Get smart, Barton. Listen to your wife or you'll lose your house. I'll risk that before I'll sell out my neighbors. Now get out of here. They'll sell you out. I said get out of here. You'll be foreclosed in a month, you dope. Dope, am I? Get out. Hey. Tell Kane before we're through. Where? Bill, put him in jail. Yes. Oh, Bill, you shouldn't have done that. They can make trouble. Trouble. We've had nothing but trouble since we moved in. Now I'm going to make some trouble for Kane. We can't fight this thing alone. But what can you do, Bill? I'm telling the whole rotten story to a newspaper that fights our kind of fight. The Big Town Illustrated Press. 
Sure thing, Lala. Come in. Come on in, Mr. Barton. Thanks, Miss Tillman. Steve, this is Bill Barton, and he has something on a rotten racket that I think you should hear about. Hello, Bill. Sit down. Let's have it. Well, I, I uh, haven't much time, Mr. Wilson. I work nights and I'm late for my job, but a bunch of my neighbors need your kind of help. It's one of the infinite variations of the housing racket, Steve. Oh, the housing racket. That, again. Oh, I know. It's an old story, Mr. Wilson. I know it isn't news, headline stuff. It may not be headline stuff, Bill, but it is news and important news as long as the housing shortage exists. I'm not the only one involved in this. There are about 20 families on Honeymoon Hill, and we've all been taken. Honeymoon Hill? It's a development owned by a man named Kane, Steve. What's the main trouble, Bill? Well, Kane let us move in before the houses were finished and hasn't lived up to his contract. Now, that's an old dodge. Are you a veteran? No, sir, but ambulance corps driver overseas. Kane financed the whole deal and made sure he didn't sell to vets. Now, now they're dodged to avoid the protection given ex-servicemen by the Veterans Administration. What's the immediate trouble, Bill? Well, we've got together, threatened to withhold our next payments until Kane lives up to his contract. Now, wait a minute. Are you acting on advice of a lawyer? No, but we're going to hire one. Good, you've got to fight this thing by legal means, though. Well, we intend to, but Kane isn't playing it that way. Are you the head of the group? Sort of. Has Kane threatened you? Yes, with eviction. But first, Parker, his new agent, tried to bribe me. Bribe you? Yeah. Offered to fix up my place if I'd keep my mouth shut. And sell out your neighbors. Yeah. I kicked him out of the house. My wife is... Well, we're expecting a baby, and it upset her. I had to leave her alone. I'm worried. Naturally, Bill. Will you print the story? Will you give us a little publicity? Maybe it'll scare Kane into living up to his contract. Of course we will, Bill, but Kane's type of operator doesn't care what's said about them once they have their hooks in the victim. Yes, there's going to be trouble. That agent of Kane's is a rat. I wish Helen wasn't out there alone. Don't worry. She isn't going to be alone, Bill. But I work nights. I can't lay off and stay with her. We need the money to make our payments if we lose this fight with Kane. You're not going to lose this fight or your home, Bill. Where do you work? At the Big Town Electric Plant on the west side, and I'm late now. All right, come along. You can give us the rest of the facts we need on the way to your job. Let's go, Laura. I'm ready, Steve. What are you going to do, Mr. Wilson? They're going to have a heart-to-heart talk with your predatory Mr. King. Hey, look, King. What's the matter, Parker? You got trouble. Plenty of trouble. Sure. That's why I hired you, Parker. You said you were good at handling trouble, so handle it. I'll handle it. But I gotta know a few things first. Such as what? Are you covered? If anything should just happen to happen to one of those cracker boxes up on the hill. You mean insured? Yeah. Yeah, but wait a minute, Parker. Never mind. You hired me to handle those suckers? Keep them in line? Collect the installments? Yeah, but listen... Don't butt me around, Jane. I don't like being crossed. Now, there's only one guy gonna give us any real trouble. Who do you mean? Bill Barton? That's right. He's lining up the others. The rest are sheep. But they'll follow him if we don't get rid of him. Okay. Foreclose on Barton if he don't pay up tomorrow. Ah, that'll take time. We gotta get him out of there before he organizes that bunch and they get a lawyer. Oh, yeah. That'll cost me 2000 a unit to live up to those contracts. Yeah. 40000 bucks. That break me. That's why you hired me. But this is gonna cost you a bonus. A big bonus. Yeah. How much? Five thousand. Five thousand? Yeah, five thousand if I get rid of Barton and bust up the organized squawk. Now, wait a minute. I ain't risking any rough stuff. There ain't gonna be any rough stuff. Nobody's gonna get hurt. Except one of them so-called houses. And the way I'm gonna handle it will cover up a lot of your crooked building shenanigans. Yeah. What are you... What are you gonna do? <laughs> I ain't sure you ought to know. You're my agent. I'm responsible for your acts. Yeah. I wanted to be sure you knew that. Now keep your mouth shut when it happens. Uh, what's going to happen? There's going to be a fire up on the hill. A fire? Yeah. Darton and Bill Barton's basement. Accident. Wait a minute. Barton's wife ain't well. She might get trapped in that house. Relax. I'll make sure she gets out of that cracker box. Maybe I'll even rescue her myself and earn Barton's gratitude. You better make sure of that, Parker. Don't worry, Kane. I don't mind a little arson. But I ain't mixing myself in a murder for 5,000 bucks if I can help it. All right. Uh, when are you, when are you going to pull it? There's no time like the present, Kane. I'm going to pull it tonight. <laughs> 
Thus unaware that dangerous complications are in the making, Steve and Lorelei head for the suburbs to help Bill Barton. You know, some people think all soaps are the same. Not me. I always felt that Life Boy Health Soap got me cleaner somehow. And now I know I'm right. Because doctors have actually proved it in 820 scientific tests. Yes, after comparing the effects of daily baths with different soaps, these doctors made this amazing statement. Actually, you're cleaner. Safer from B.O. when you bathe daily with Life Boy than when you bathe with any other leading soap. Startling, isn't it? Well, here's the explanation. Life Boy does more than just remove the grime and perspiration you can see. Life Boy is more effective than any other leading soap against the invisible dirt that can form a foothold for B.O. Life Boy gets you even cleaner than the eye can see. After 820 scientific tests, these doctors say that Life Boy's purifying ingredient makes the difference. And this same purifying ingredient actually makes Life Boy milder, safe even for a baby's tender skin. So enjoy a refreshing Life Boy bath every day. You'll like Life Boy's creamy rich lather, its wonderful mildness. Get Life Boy right away. Now back to Big Town and tonight's story of Nightmare House. Learning that a group of new homeowners are having trouble with the owner, Steve and Lorelei are driving to the suburbs in the cab of Harry the Loquacious Hacky. Say, boss, that's Kelpine. Say it, Harry, but we hope we won't need the assistance of your trusty monkey wrench on this assignment. Yeah, that is what you always hope, but you cannot always sometimes tell. So the offer stands as part of usual. Thanks, Harry. We'll hold the double negatives of doubt until we see if we can't get some positive results with a few well-chosen words of warning. Well, you better have those words ready, Steve. We just passed a sign saying Honeymoon Hill Development, one mile. Uh, you want me to drive right up to the chin now, Honeymoon Hill, boss? Oh, Harry. Bill Barton said Kane's office is at the entrance on the highway. Stop there if you see a light. Yes, they're going to beard the lion in his den, Husky. Yes, call it meeting the jackal in his lair, Lorelei. Comment to it, boss. That sign just said your dream house is waiting on Honeymoon Hill, time right, 500 feet. And this is it. Where's the office, Keith? Uh, no, there's a light on. I'll get out here, Harry. Uh, check, boss. Uh, you want me to go stay with Helen Barton until you come up, Keith? Yes, Laura. I'd first see if you can get a few of their neighbors to meet at Barton's house. In half an hour. Okay, I'll do my best. What's your plan, Steve? To get Kane up there for a showdown. And there'll be strength in numbers. Mm. Okay, get going, Harry. Check. Uh, we'll meet you at Bill Barton's house. Uh, let's see what Mr. Kane has to say for himself. Someone is burning the midnight oil. Appointment you just remembered. 
can't be as important as this one. Let, let go of me, Wilson. I, I've got to meet somebody. Not so fast, King. That somebody wouldn't be Parker, your new agent, would it? That's none of your business. I'm making it my business. Parker threatened Bill Barton this evening. Where is he? I don't know. Let go of me. Where is he, King? I want him at that meeting. He's your agent and you're responsible for his act. I'm not. I don't know what he's going to do to the Barton house. Do to the Barton house? What are you talking about? What's going to happen? What do you know? Talk, I don't know. Go. Drop that pink stand, Kane. Be alone. That'll hold you, Wilson. Now i got to find Parker. i got to stop him from setting that fire or he'll send us both to jail. <laughs> Too soon for that. Besides, there won't be any tree tops. Mr. Kane didn't plant maples and thought. Well, that noise is in the cellar. I guess the lid must have fallen off the ash can. Uh, maybe Mrs. Thompson's cat's gotten in the cellar again. Better go see. Let the poor thing out. I hope this light switch works. Nothing else does. Huh, it does. I'd better be careful of the steep stairs. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Here, kitty. Are you down here in the cellar, kitty? Oh, so you're in the coal bin. Come out of here, kitty. Come on out, Earl. Come here. <gasps> Mr. Parker, what are you doing here? Shut up, you little fool. Oh, go. Shut up, you... Oh, try to bite me. <gasps> what are you doing here? Why have you come with all those newspapers? Never mind. Fire. Fire. You're going to start a fire? Yes. Oh. 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 Packed out. Faded. Now i got to go through with it. I can't let her talk. Got to keep her here. Yeah, this story will do it. Good thing came for the door on it. I'll leave her in there. Nobody will know she wasn't caught upstairs when this dump goes up in smoke. Steve's plan, and we better go tell Mrs. Barton she's going to be host to a community protest meeting. Yeah, she'll be kind of surprised. Uh, wh- which place is it? It's the last house on this street. Uh, better slow down, Harry. Yeah, some street. Bet you'll go down to the axles and mud if it rains. Yeah, there's another Kane's unhonored commitment. Oh, that must be the house, the white one. Pull in the drive, Harry. Yeah. Right by the kitchen door, Miss Kilbright. And she must be home and up. There's lights burning all over the house. I don't blame her. All alone up here in the hill, a hundred yards to the nearest neighbor. Uh, I'll knock on the kitchen door. The shades are up, but I don't see nobody. Well, try again. Maybe she's in the bedroom on the other side of the house. Yeah, maybe. Hey, Miss Kilpine, look at our little window down there next to the ground. Good heavens. The light in cellar, too. Maybe she's down there fixing the finest. Oh, golly, Harry, she's not well. She may have gone down there and fainted. But I'm going to try to get in. It's hard luck. Well, maybe there's an outside door to the cellar, Miss Kilbank. Oh, it should be on this side. Yeah, and folks hardly ever remember to keep them locked. Maybe we can get in that way. Uh, huh? There it is, Harry, down the stairs. Well, let me go first, Miss Kilbank. I'll try the door. Okay. Is it locked, Harry? No, it's just stuck, I think. Well, try it, Harry. Try to force it. I'm worried. Yeah, something screwy. Hey, the lights are out down here. Well, they were on a minute ago when we came down the steps. Harry, look out! Oh. Harry! Come here, you nosy dame. Come on, come on. Get in there with that Barton woman. Now, I really got to get all this thing done. I got to get out of here. Parker, Parker, wait. Wait. Okay. No, don't, don't, don't stop. 
Don't set a fire. Too late. Get out of here, Kane. That fool barking woman caught me down in the end. That doesn't matter. Stop it. Everything's gone wrong. I'll say it has. Another day my hack driver showed up. I had to hit the guy with his shovel. He's laying over there. I think I busted his skull. That doesn't matter. You can't set the fire now. Why not? A newspaper guy by the name of Wilson came to my office. He's called a meeting. The owners are all coming here in a few minutes. So what? I hit him with an inkstand. I knocked him out so I could get here and warn you. Too late. I got a prison record. We got to cover this thing and the fire will do it. No, no. We both get sent up for arson. Arson? I've been tagged for arson before, and I'm talking about murder. Murder? Yes, murder. That happy over there on the floor. I'll burn for it as the Barton Dame and the other woman talk. Where are they? What have you done to them? Nothing but lock them in that storage closet over there. But they ain't gonna talk me into the chair. What have you got in that bucket, Parker? Gasoline. Gasoline? Yeah, I'll make a torch out of this dump and nothing flat. Get out of here unless you want to stay here from now on. No, no. You're not mixing me up in more murder to save your own hide. Put down that coal shovel, Kane. You put down that bucket of gasoline. All right. Now, you put down that shovel. Drop it. A gun. What are you doing carrying a gun? I got the habit from working for dirty crooks like you. Drop that shovel or I'll drop you. No, no, no. Listen, Parker, listen. A fool. We could have pulled it off. Now you're going to stay here with those dames and take the rap for this fire. Paper and gas. This will do it. Just give me the time to get away from here. No, it won't. Hey, Parker. Who are you? I'm a newspaper guy. Your partner in crime knocked out of an inkstand, but fortunately he only stunned me. Well, keep away from me or I'll do more and stun you with the rest of the slugs in this gun. All right. I'll keep away from you if you'll keep away from that Bucket of gasoline. Sure, sure, I'll keep away from it, you nosy newsy. That's easy. Because you're going to pick up that bucket of gas and throw it on that pile of newspapers. You murderous wife. Shut up. Pick up that bucket of gasoline. Pick it up. <laughs> Steve Wilson is faced with a deadly dilemma. In a moment, we'll come to the exciting climax of tonight's story brought to you by LifeWire Health Soap. I'm going to say something you may find startling, but doctors have proved it. LifeWire, with its purifying ingredient, gets skin cleaner. Stuff B.O. as no other leading soap can. Yes, after comparing the effects of daily baths with different soaps, these doctors made this amazing statement. Actually, you're cleaner, safer from B.O. when you bathe daily with Life Boy than when you bathe with any other leading soap. It's Life Boy's purifying ingredient that makes the difference. And remember, this purifying ingredient actually makes Life Boy milder, safe even for a baby's tender skin. So bathe with Life Boy every day. Ask for Life Boy in the big new bath size. It's generous, luxurious. Get the new bath size Life Boy. Now back to Big Town and Steve Wilson as he faces a desperate killer in tonight's racket expose headline, Nightmare House. Pick up that bucket of gasoline, Wilson. I told you, pick it up. Wait a minute, Parker. Think it over before you go through with setting fire to this house. What have I got to think over? You haven't killed Harry, my hack driver. How do you know? I just saw him move and groan. So what? I had to nail Kane with his gun. I'm primed for the chair. No matter what I do from now on. You might get away with life. Even a self-defense plea because Cain tried to hit you with that coal shovel. I'm not going back to the pen for life. I'm getting clean away. Pick up that bucket of gas. All right, Parker. But won't it give you nightmares for the rest of your life to know that you burned two girls to death locked in that closet over there, helpless? And the third person is yet unborn. Shut up. Take up themselves to blame. Shut up. Throw the gas on that pile of newspapers. All right, I guess there's no use arguing with a madman. Sucked up and throw that gas. Very well. Here it comes. Why, you! Why, you dirty... Stop firing that gun, you fool. You're drenched with gasoline. Don't fire that gun again. The powder flash will turn you into a torch. Drop the gun. Drop it. Or I'll have to break your arm. Drop it. Good. And I'll just to make you wait for the police. All right, you swine. Stay there. Steve! Steve! 
Just a minute, Lorelei. I'll get this door unbolted. Get you out of there. We could hear it all along. Oh, I thought we were really done. So did I. Until Parker made me pick up that bucket of gas. How's Mrs. Barton? She fainted when Parker shoved her in here, but I think she's all right. Help me to get her up here. Poor oh, girl. What a time to have something like this happen to her. Yeah. Oh, the heart she's coming out of it. Yeah, she'll be all right in a few minutes. Oh, no. Our baby. Our home. Our baby. That's all right, Mrs. Barton. Your home and your baby are safe. Yes, Mrs. Barton. There won't be any more trouble. We'll take you upstairs in a moment, and you can phone your husband. Everything's settled. Settled? Settled? Yes. Parker's gun has arranged that Honeymoon Hill will be under new management. And we'll see that you and your neighbors get to live in a place that is just that. In more than name only. Boy! Harry! Oh, thank heavens you're all right, too. How's your head? Head. Oh, you mean this throbbing noggin I got between my ears? Yes. How are you, Harry? Oh, swell, elegant, boss, I think. Except it looks like I missed an awful lot of excitement. Yes, Harry. But it's the kind of excitement we can all afford to miss. And so ended happily for the homeowners of Honeymoon Hill with the death of Kane, the arrest and conviction of Parker, and a new era under new management, another exciting adventure in the newspaper career of Steve Wilson and Lorelei of the Big Town Illustrated Press. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Steve Wilson. You'll hear about next week's Big Town story in just a moment. Now, here is Hugh James with a brief but important message for every one of you. Doctors have proved it. Life Boy, with its purifying ingredient, gets skin cleaner. Stops B.O. as no other leading soap can. Yes, you're cleaner, safer from B.O. when you bathe daily with Life Boy than when you bathe with any other leading soap. Ask for Life Boy Health Soap. Next week, the makers of Life Boy bring you a hard-hitting story of juvenile delinquency leading to gunplay and murder, and headline, A Date with Death. Another exciting assignment in the newspaper career of fighting Steve Wilson of Big Town. Don't miss it. In tonight's dramatization, all names, signs, and places are fictional, and any similarity to other names and places is purely coincidental. Big Town features Edward Pauley as Steve Wilson, Fran Carlin as Lorelei Kilborn, and was written and produced by Jerry McGill. Next Tuesday night, same time, same station, you'll hear the news boy calling. about it. The story of Steve Wilson and a date with death. Brought to you by Life Boy Health Soap. Another fine lead for product. Six for Now, another mystery on Mystery Radio X, X, X. Being a private investigator means two things. You can be sure you'll run into trouble, and you can never be sure you'll get out of it. Well, there's not much you can do about it, I guess. Except, like Julie always says... Walk softly, Peter Troy. And now Peter Troy investigates a far-out whale. After the First World War, there sprang up a clutch of writers who got themselves dubbed the Lost Generation. Now, Kerouac and many like him are pretty serious writers, and I, for one, would never like to be found knocking a serious artist of any kind. But I do not have a great deal of time for those weirdos who like to call themselves beat and aim to live the part by working as little as possible, washing but never, and making with a nutty kind of dialogue that nobody else can understand, unless maybe he's a bird. Now, this latter is something that Julie's inclined to criticize me for, and I plead a little guilty, which is the easiest way out. However, the characters I'm talking about leave me for dead. 
I am, of course, talking about those oddballs whom squares like myself have come to know as beatniks. May I take it, then, that we understand each other? Crazy. Now, what does that mean? Uh, like you uh, dig English? I understand English, if that's what you mean, young man. It would help if you would speak it. Oh, like I, I get the message. Oh, presumably that means you do understand our bargain. All right, then. Now, there's one other thing... Oh, would you mind stopping that eternal drumming? I, I can't think with that noise. Noise? Oh, man, oh, man, but you're sick. Sick? I'm perfectly well. The guy was way out there like I was getting sense. Uh, you dig asteroid 4,073? And you give me this noise, Jess? It is no use. I can't understand a word you're saying, but I want you to understand one thing more. If Robin finds out anything about our arrangement, then the whole thing is cancelled as far as I am concerned. Crazy. Oh, but um, about the bread. Bread? Uh, you know, like uh, bread? Uh, now, what the squares call bread. Uh, oh, yes, uh, money. Oh, that... I told you. A hundred pounds now, and a hundred a month for the next six months. After that, it won't matter. The first I heard about this particular piece of buffoonery was when Robin Garraway came to see me. Robin, although you wouldn't be sure from her name, was a girl. As it happened, you couldn't be sure of that from her appearance either, a fact which I found somewhat disconcerting because... Believe it or not, I come from an old-fashioned school that holds that men should look like men and dolls should look like dolls. Even my secretary, Julie, bless her cold heart, was not a little thrown when Robin slouched into the office demanding to see me. And, in fact, so surprised was Julie that she showed us straight in. I'm not sure whether she did this by mistake or to punish me for some ancient misdemeanor, but whatever it was, I didn't like it. Hi, Troy boy. Skin me. Huh? <sighs> I would imagine she, uh, he, uh, she is inviting you to shake hands. Oh, he is? Uh, well, she is. Wow, what a drag. The other end of Squaresville. Well, look, what is all this, Julie? I'm very busy. Don't bug me, Seamus. If it's the bread, like I'm loaded. Here. Yeah, what's this? Count it. Uh, you count it, will you, Julie? My rough guess is that there's 500 pounds in that little lot. You dig, Peeper. On the contrary, I do not dig. Now, I am very busy and I have no time for weirdos in sloppy black sweaters and tight pants with their faces half obscured by dark glasses and hair that hasn't been washed oh, for a month. Man, oh man, so sick. 500 pounds is right, Mr. Troy. Yeah. Okay, for 500 pounds, I should do what? And make it fast, huh, so I can throw you out even faster? Like... There's the square who bugs me every night. Mm-hmm. And what do you want me to do? Shoot him? Like persuade him to split, that's all. Uh, tell me something. Uh, are you really a girl? Huh? You heard me. So it's the whole truth, man. Well, we got that settled. At Pete's place. Every night he's there, and he really bugs me, man. Pete's place? Sure. Same as you, man. That's why I dig you. Pete. Same as you. They must have named a beat joint after you, Mr. Troy. Quite a claim to fame you have. Ha, uh ha. -huh. Say, uh, Queen Anne, why don't you split the scene, huh? What? <laughs> like your drag, you know. Really? This is getting a bit much. Yeah. Now, I got news for you, chick. You are going to split the scene in right now and take your, your bread and blow. <laughs> the incredible characters. Did you ever see anything like her? Well, for once, I'm not even sure it was a her. Oh, she sounded like one, and a young one at that. I'd say she was only about 20 or so. Well, I wouldn't risk any money on it. When creatures arrive from outer space, how are you supposed to know their ages? Well, there didn't seem to be so much wrong with it that a good bath and a change of clothes wouldn't fix. A change of dialogue would be enough. All that crazy beat talk. Hmm. It's a sad old imitation of the thing they started in the States. And phony as a nine-dollar bill. Anyway, we can put a mark up on the wall. How's that? 
But it's the first time you've thrown a girl out of your office. <laughs> Julie, you sure it was a girl? It wasn't a trained monkey or something? I don't know. I'm curious. <sighs> you would be. That figures. That's dames for you. Now I suppose you want me to go looking for her and get a life story, huh? Well, you were rather hasty, Pete. Me? Mm. Hasty? She was insulting you right, left, and center, and I got rid of her. And that's all the thanks I get. But did you notice she seemed to have a, a well-educated voice? No, I did not notice. I never bothered to notice things about dolls who crawl out from some zoo. I wonder how she got like that. And then there's all that money. Yeah. Well, maybe she robs banks on a day off. It's very odd. What was the name of that place? Um, oh, Pete's place, wasn't it? Yeah, what of it? Well, I was just thinking. You're not doing anything special tonight, and neither am I. Oh, now, wait a minute. Well, it can't do any harm just to go and look, can it? We might get a laugh or two out of it. Julie, I am not going to any crummy, smoky beat joint to listen to a lot of nuts spouting meaningless poetry. Oh. Now, you can take that appealing look off your face. I am not going, and that is final. Well, in the best vaudeville tradition, the man says to the girl, we are not going, and that's final, and in the next scene, there they are anyway. <laughs> you remind me to see my psychiatrist, Julie. Well, I think it's rather fun. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But you were right, it is rather smoky. <laughs> smoky and crummy. Coffee tastes like I was brewed in a paint pot and strained through a very old sock. Oh, what funny things you've tasted. Huh? I wouldn't know what coffee brewed in a paint pot, etc. tasted like. Oh, my, oh, my, but aren't we on the ball tonight? Mm. You should be up there on that platform doing your stuff. I say, Pete, aren't they quiet, though? Well, doesn't anything, well, you know, happen? Oh, what did you expect? The dance of the seven veils? Oh, hello. Music stuff. Oh, that's something to be thankful for. Hey, look. Hmm? Oh, it's your friend. Oh, now, don't blame her on me, honey. You let her into the office. Well, she's going to sing or something. She's going up on the platform. Mm, just so she doesn't give us the beat arrangement of Land of Hope and Glory. Shh, she's going to start. Oh, I can hardly wait. The flowers that bloom in the spring are fingers of time. Half bent, half scent. Yearning, stretching, down from the lowest, up from the highest, needing, and ever bleeding, never seeding, urging for hands drawing, heart enslaved, bold-faced. Ergo, a man, the face inward crumpled, an end before beginning, arising, triumphant and downcast, going away, 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 away. Oh, for heaven's sake, what was all that about? You didn't get the message. Oh, it was quite clear to me. What? Yeah, the girl is a nut. Hmm. Hey, hey, she's talking to someone. Yes, I noticed that man before. He doesn't seem to belong here. He's too old and too... Oh, what is it, square? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Hello, he's trying to drag her off out of the place oh. by the look of it. Oh, Pete, shouldn't you do something? Well, there's no need to. The lady already has a knight in shining armor rushing to her aid. Oh, another beatnik. He must be a boyfriend. Oh, and here's him. Hey, this looks like getting rough. Oh, Pete, do something. Yeah, I will. I'm getting us out of here right now. Come on. Miss Cynthia Higgins, Mr. Troy. Oh, yes. Uh, please take a seat, Miss Higgins. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, now, uh, how can I help you, Miss Higgins? Uh, you won't need me, Mr. Troy, will you? Hmm? Oh, uh, no, no, I guess not, Miss Summers. Oh, but uh, aren't you going to take notes, like always? I don't believe it will be necessary on this occasion. Miss Higgins is rather uh, different from some of our clients. Oh, yeah. What did she mean by that? How am I different? <laughs> well, it's it's just a, as a rule, I uh, I like to have Miss Summers present when I have a lady client in the office. No, why is that? Uh, well, if you need to ask, ma'am, there's no point in my telling you. Uh, now, uh, what did you want to see me about, huh? I made some inquiries about you, Mister Troy. I've been given to understand that your reputation is very good. Oh. Well, you'll get no argument from me on that. 
The matter I wish to place in your hands is of a rather delicate nature and calls for the utmost discretion. Mm. Well, so far, I'm with you, ma'am. What? You have an odd way of expressing yourself, I must say. You're not one of those strange beatniks or something, are you? Beatniks? Oh, no, ma'am. I'm a Canadian. Apparently, you don't know what I'm talking about. I was not inquiring as to your nationality. Uh, well, shall we stick to business, ma'am? It might be simpler. Oh, by all means. I want you to find a man. My brother-in-law, to be exact. And nobody could ask you to be more exact than that. I may as well tell you that until recently, I thought he was dead. He went overseas some years ago, and nobody had heard of him. But now... He's turned up in London. Oh? Yes, and he narrowly missed being arrested last night. Arrested? For what for? Brawling. Assault and battery, that sort of thing. He was involved in a fight in some revolting little place in the West End. A nightclub? Oh, I suppose some people would call it that. I really don't know what I would call it. Well, does it have a name? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Its devotees call it Pete's Place. I sat back in my chair and looked hard at Miss Cynthia Higgins. And not so much because I wanted to look hard at an old lady like her. She had too much the appearance of having just been sucking a lemon. No, what was getting at me was the occurrence of one of those coincidences that occasionally crop up in my kind of business. Coincidences that might make things a whole heap easier if they occurred more often. Now, yesterday, a creepy young character had come to see me about some guy who, she said, was bothering her. Last night, Julie and I had gone, out of Julie's unreasonable curiosity, to a crummy beatnik joint where we'd seen a character annoy this young doll and get himself involved in a fight. And today, Miss Higgins comes and tells me that the guy she once located was last night involved in a brawl at this same beatnik dive. It was reason enough for me to take some time off to wonder at the workings of fate or some such. Why are you staring at me like that, Mr. Troy? Hmm? Oh, well... Was I staring? I'm sorry. Uh, but tell me about this guy you want me to find. Now, uh, you say he was involved in a fight at this uh, Pete's place. Yes, that's right. I believe the police were called, and he was nearly arrested. Only nearly? Uh, did he start the fight, or what? Oh, I, I don't know the details, but I understand he provoked some young man into fighting, but he escaped before the police could arrest him. Uh, the young guy, you mean? No, 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 the man I want you to find. Oh, uh, what's his name? I don't know. What? Miss Higgins, how can you want me to find a man whose name you don't even know? Well, I... I do know his name, but I prefer not to give it to you. In any case, he won't be using that name, so it doesn't matter. Well, of all the crazy... Okay, Miss Higgins, uh, what about a description? No, I can give you that. And why do you want this guy? I'm afraid I can't tell you that either. Oh, great. Now, I'm sorry to sound so mysterious, Mr. Troy, but I assure you I shouldn't do so unless it were absolutely necessary. And I must ask you to observe the utmost discretion yourself. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I was just about to give the whole story to the newspapers. I always do that. Oh, what? Oh, forget it, Miss Higgins. I'll just get my secretary in and you can give us a detailed description of this guy. And there will also be the matter of my retainer. She paid up your retainer like a lamb. You can't say she's in a good pair. About that old girl, I can say anything I like. She is not my type. Of course not. In the first place, she's over 25. And in the second, she probably never did look like Marilyn Monroe or Jane Russell. No, but did you ever see a picture Boris Karloff made called uh, The Bride of Frankenstein? Oh, are you kidding? She'd be a bit old as the bride, wouldn't she? Who's talking about the bride? Anyway, we've taken our good money, so I'd better do something about this character we saw annoying that beatnik. Uh, what was her name? Robin, Robin something. Uh, uh, Robin Garraway. Yeah, yeah. You know something? What? For once, I'm glad you are a woman and consequently curious. Oh, it would have sounded nicer if you'd left out the curious bit. It was a lucky break going to that joint last night. At least I know more than Cynthia thinks I do. And maybe I can get some more information from our dear friend, Inspector Caswell. Uh, 
Murders, Troy, rather routine sort of thing, you know. Bit of a brawl over some girl. Police took a few names, asked a few questions. An undertaking was given that the damage to the place would be paid for. No arrests were made. All in a night's work, huh? Yeah, Inspector. Well, about these names... Now, what's your interest in this matter? Oh, now, 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 Inspector. Breaking a confidence and all that, you know. Yes. Now, what you mean is you intend to pump me for information, but you're not going to tell me anything in return. Now, that's friendship for you. Well, I might just tell you something, if you're good. Thanks. I feel much better now. Yeah, well, these names the constable took, where are they? Oh, let's see. Um... Hmm, uh, there was a girl by the name of Robin Garraway. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny, that seems to ring a bell. I wonder why. Well, I don't know. Maybe you're psychic. Now, uh, what about this girl? Two men fought over, and, and of course others joined in. You know? Oh, such fun. Uh, who were the guys who fought over him? Well, apparently this girl's a beatnik of sorts and has a boyfriend to match, and this other man was... Uh, he was a much older type. Well, let's get this straight. Uh, this old guy accosted the girl, and her young beatnik boyfriend objected, and there was a fight between the two guys. Mm-hmm. Now, the old guy had been frequenting Pete's place and trying to make time with the girl, right? Well, if you know all that, I can't imagine what you're bothering me for. The name of the beatnik boyfriend, please, Inspector. Mm-hmm. Well, that. Um, uh, King, Ronald King. His friends call him just the King. Mm. And the old guy, the one who was annoying the girl, what's his name? I don't know. The constable didn't get it. He managed to get away from the place before he could be questioned. <sighs> well, you're not much of a help after all, are you? I'm doing my best, Troy. Anyway, I think you might assume that the man's name was Garraway. What? According to our information, the young fellow, King, and the girl complained to the constable that the older man kept yelling at the girl that he's her father. Her father? Yes, then the girl said she'd never set eyes on him before. Hmm. What do you make of that, eh? So, Ronald King? Uh, so... You're not an easy man to find. They've been all over looking for you. So? Oh, what are you, a broken record or something? Now, come on, open up and let me in. I want to talk to you. I said open up! <coughs> now, you just listen to me, chum. To your little pals, you may be the king, but to me, you are but nothing. You're just a little creep who needs a shave and a bath, and I am very tough, unpleasant. And I carry a .38 snub-nosed revolver, and I just love to use it on people. Look, what's with you, man? I ain't done nothing. It happens you've been keeping company with a girl by the name of Robin Garraway, in whom I am very interested. She your chick or something? You might put it like that. Crazy man. You can have her. What? You mean she... she doesn't mean anything to you? But like nothing, man. It was bread, that's all. Bread? Money? Now, come on. Who paid you to worm your oily way in with Robin? Jenkinson, I heard the doorbell. Who was it? It was I, Aunt Cynthia. Robin! What are you doing here? I decided to come home. It seemed the most sensible thing to do. Oh. Robin, I told you when you went off with those dreadful picnic friends of yours that I would make no attempt to bring you back. And you didn't. But I decided that that life is not for me. Oh, did you? Well, that's all very well, but did it occur to you that it might not suit me to have you back here at Garraway Hall? Aunt Cynthia, you told me my father was dead. Well, so he is. He went overseas years ago... His father disowned him. He left your poor mother alone. My mother wasn't very poor. Grandfather saw to that. He let her live here. And he let you, my mother's sister, live here at the hall with every comfort. Yes, he did. And you may as well know, Robin, I intend to go on living here. I've never said you shouldn't. You? Why should you have anything to say about it at all? Who are you? A mere child with no sense. You go rushing off to live in some horrible little room in the East End. You start talking and dressing like those dreadful people. I wanted to find out what the other side of life was like. 
whether it was really something worthwhile instead of spending all my time just living in the lap of luxury. Well, you can go back there. You're not wanted here. You're exactly like your father. Absolutely no sense of responsibility. I'm Cynthia. I met my father last night. You what? He'd been coming to Pete's place. Somehow he'd found out I was there. He wanted me to leave there and not go back. There was a fight and he disappeared. Oh, really, this is, this is too absurd. Some dreadful man comes along and says, it's your father. And once more, yes. Unfortunately, Mr. Troy, I must protest. Oh, this is my secretary, Miss Summers. Uh, you've met, of course. Hello, Miss Higgins. Uh, oh, but surely this can't be Robin. That's right, Miss Summers. Mr. Troy, you are intruding on a private conversation between me and my niece. Oh, now, would it have anything to do with the fact that in another few months, when she's 21, she comes into her grandfather's fortune? What? But only on condition that you're living here at Garraway Hall at the time, Robin. That's why your Aunt Cynthia paid Ronald King good money to keep you away from here, living in the East End as a beatnik. Aunt Cynthia? You didn't. Of course I did. And why not? Under your grandfather's will, Garraway Hall would go to me if you were not here at the time you turned 21. While I've lived here so long, I've, I've come to regard it as my home. You see, your father found out about the terms of the will, Robin, of which your aunt kept you ignorant, and came back to try to get you to return to your life here. Unfortunately, he went about it all rather foolishly. Oh, where is he? I must see him. At police headquarters. We'll take you there. And uh, it'll be a pleasure... I must say, now that you've got rid of that terrible beat outfit and started dressing like a girl, Robin, you look terrific. Uh-uh. You're beginning to bug me, man. Huh? So, uh, like, walk softly, Peter Troy? Join us again next time on Mystery Radio X. X.